are actually driven by the values that we hold, the wisdom that we understand. Just like when we saw all this discussion about our speech, how Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what we say doesn't begin in our mouths, it begins in our hearts. In the same way, our actions do not begin on the surface level. They actually begin in the inner life, inside of us. Every phone and computer has an operating system that dictates how it works. Everything they do flows through that framework. Well, the same thing happens with each decision you make. What you do is filtered through your life's operating system. Today, Pastor Daniel shares that the Bible calls this system wisdom. But as you'll learn, not all wisdom is from God. Keep listening to learn more about the wisdom that should be directing your life. Now here's Pastor Daniel in James chapter 3 as he begins his message, Heavenly Wisdom. So I've always loved the fact that I grew up in a generation where we had access to so much information. I remember when I was a kid, we would be talking around the the kitchen table, me and my parents and my two sisters. And my mom would be like, oh, just go look it up. And we'd go into the family room and there was a bookcase with all of these white bound books called the Encyclopedia Britannica. Right? And I remember we'd go out there and we'd, we'd look this thing up, whatever we were talking about. And my parents would always say, the fact that we have this in our house is extraordinary. When I was your age, and they would tell the story of having to hike over the mountain through the snow to get to the library to get a piece of information, you know? And I was thinking about this because obviously, you know, know, I'm not a young guy anymore, and so now we have more access to information than we ever have had in our history. Many of us, we, we uh, carry these little computers around in your, in your pocket, which you have access to everything. Now, I wanna, I, wanna, I wanna see how cool information can be today. Check this out. This is compliments of my daughter, Maranatha. You guys are gonna enjoy this. Hey, Siri. Mm. What is zero divided by zero? Imagine that you have zero cookies and you split them evenly among zero friends. How many cookies does each person get? See, it doesn't make sense. And Cookie Monster is sad that there are no cookies. And your friends are sad because they don't exist. Oh, wow. This escalated quickly. (laughs) That was intense, wasn't it? Super intense. I mean, oh my goodness. Now, I mean, I super respect that Siri was able to not only tell me that it doesn't make any sense, but also summarily make fun of me. (laughs) I don't have any friends. But she did get one thing wrong with all of her, you know, AI brilliance, is the fact that not only is Cookie Monster sad, I'm sad too, because everybody wants some cookies, right? But I, I use that as a little example, because like now we just have to ask our phones for a piece of information. And you can get that information. Now, I bring all this up because here's the deal. In a world full of information, it does not mean that just because you have access to information that your, your life is going to be better. 
And one of the things that we're finding in an information age, one that I really enjoy being a part of, is the fact that there's a difference between information and wisdom. There's a difference between information and wisdom. I always like to define wisdom as the right application of the right information. And what we're going to see today as we've been studying the book of James in this series that we're calling Where the Rubber Meets the Road is that there are different types of wisdom. And not all wisdom is wisdom that we should be walking in. So there is beliefs about what the right things are and how to do them that are actually against the purposes and plans of God. And so open up your Bibles, James chapter 3, verses 13 to 18. So at this point, you're probably good at finding James if you've been here. It's between Hebrews and First and Second Peter right there. So listen to what James says. James chapter 3, this is picking up in verse 13 of James 3. It says, who is wise and understanding among you Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. Now, what's really fascinating here is James now kind of says once again something that he has been unpacking for us for a number of chapters here, and it is the theme of the book. And so rather than trying to come up with something new, I'm just going to let his question be our question for today, which is what does your conduct show? What does your conduct show? James has been talking about how faith without works is dead, right? He's been talking about if you have faith, then your life, the conduct of your life should show what you believe in. There's an old saying that actions speak louder than words. And in a lot of ways, what it's saying is that our life, who we are, how we live, why we do the things that we do, should be something that declares who we believe in. And so one of the things I've been saying a lot, I'll keep saying it, is that you want your life to be what I would call distinctively Christian. And that doesn't mean that you just, in your, in your surveys that you take, what's your you know, religious preference you put Christian? It should be that people, when they see our lives, should say, that person follows Jesus. And our lives should look different than other people who don't believe in Jesus because we follow a person who loves the world so much that he's willing to lay down his life for the world. Jesus was the kind of person that while we were yet sinners, the Apostle Paul said, Christ died for us. So Jesus did not wait for us to get our lives together and like, now I'll be nice to you. Now I'll care for you. But instead, he proactively and preemptively loves And our whole worldview as people who believe in Jesus should be different. And so what's beautiful here is James says, who is wise and understanding amongst you? So who is somebody who is truly wise, who has that moral insight and skill? Who is understanding? Somebody who has that intellectual perception, the, the, the ability to understand things. Who is wise and understanding amongst you. And then he says, let that person show by good conduct that their works are done in 
what he calls the meekness of wisdom. Or that word meekness, I mean, it traditionally means strength under control, but it also can be translated humility. So right there, you, you realize that true wisdom is humble, not arrogant, which right away you see how different it is in our culture where knowledge is power and people who believe that they're right have uh, arrogance and pride to them. So really what James is saying here is that our works, our conduct, our actions are actually driven by the values that we hold, the wisdom that we understand. Just like when we saw all this discussion about our speech, how Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what we say doesn't begin in our mouths, it begins in our hearts. In the same way, our actions do not begin on the surface level. They actually begin in the inner life, inside of us, and it begins with what we hold wisdom to be. And so for each one of us, you have to ask yourself, if someone were to just look at my conduct, what would they say that I valued? What kind of wisdom would they believe that I hold? Now, here's the deal. When I say something like that, I realize that for all of us, if we're even remotely self-reflected, we get a little uncomfortable with statements like that. I know I do because I realize that I'm not what I used to be and I'm not what I'm going to be, and today's a day to move in the right direction. But this is very much what Christianity is all about, is we walk with God and we allow the Spirit of God to examine our lives and our hearts And when we see that there are gaps between what we believe and how we live, we say, Lord, by your grace and by your spirit, will you transform me to be more like Jesus so that those gaps get smaller? Remember when we we studied Psalm 139 together? At the end of Psalm 139, David cries out this simple prayer of self-examination. He says, search my heart, O God. And know me, try me, and know my anxieties. And if there is any wicked way in me, lead me in the way of everlasting. That's a beautiful prayer of self-examination, which is exactly what I believe that this scripture verse that we're looking at invites us into. Say, Lord, search me, try me. If there's anything in me that is not like Jesus, Lord, will you deliver me from it, forgive me for it, and lead me in the way of everlasting? We want our conduct to be changed. Now, you might ask yourself, you may say, well, Sofusco, like, great, okay, we want our conduct to be changed. It makes total sense. But why does it matter? Well, here's why it matters. Because your life is a song of praise to God. And conduct that is not glorious, holy praise is not a song that the Lord wants from us. But it's not only about us and our relationship with God, it's also about the testimony of the people of God in the world. And I've always said this, that like, I believe that if people who believed in Jesus really walked as Jesus would walk, we would never have to give altar calls, be altar calls going on in every job, every school. People be getting saved everywhere. You'd be meeting someone and people just be like coming, like, what's up with you, right? There'd be a quality to who we are. Now, this is why I believe it's so important that we want you to be fully engaged family members here at Crossroads. Because, you know, one of the things that when we serve the Lord together in a local church, it's one of the ways that God really deals with our conduct, doesn't it? 
Because now when you're around believers who are in different places in their walks, right? Now all of a sudden you have people who are looking into your life who are like, hey, what's going on? And before you know it, you're sharing these different areas or they'll see a way that you respond to something and not in judgment, but in love, they'll say, hey, can we talk about that? And then before you know it, it's that iron sharpening iron where now you have people who are praying for you, speaking. You know, I remember, I think I've told this story before. When I first got saved, my two buddies, Mike and Jeff, were really instrumental in me coming to know Jesus. They're guys that I grew up with. And when, when I got saved, my buddy uh, Mike gave me two books. He gave me a study Bible, and then he gave me a book called Humility by Andrew Murray. <laughs> Now, me and Mike had known each other for a long time. And I got a feeling that Mike had bought that book like 15 years earlier and was just waiting for the time when he could just like pass that thing across the table and be like, bro, you got a pride problem, you know? But what's beautiful is, is that when you walk with people and you serve alongside people, people call you on that stuff. People who love you are like, hey, you might need to look at that. Hey, the way you responded there, you might want to look at that. Hey, I I think God has something better for you. I remember when I first started really walking with the Lord, um, I was serving in a church, and a lot of things that were in my life that God was working on, God used older men and women to speak into. Like, at one time, I was, my living situation, I wasn't living in the best place, and I was really starting to serve a lot, and I had an elder come to me and say, hey, you know, Daniel, I I think it's time for you to move out of that living situation. That's not good for you. And I believe it's going to hold you back from what God has for you. And what was cool is he didn't just bring me a problem, my living situation, which wasn't a great situation, you know, but he also said, actually, and I talked to a a guy in the church, he's got an open room, he'll let you live there. How much is your rent? He literally like worked out like, you could move right now if you want to. And I was just like, thank you. And he's like, no, no, I believe God has something. But he would never have known my living situation if what? I wasn't serving. I wasn't walking, hey, where do you live? So what's your living situation? Like, hey, how's that thing going? And I believe that God wants that for all of us. So I want to encourage you. It's so exciting in this season to see so many people plugging in. We want to be a, because Jesus is real, a family of faith who's fully engaged, transforming our community and our world. And I believe that serving Jesus in the midst of a local church is a great area to be. It's, it's, like, a, it's like going to the gym spiritually. Did you ever go to the gym before? That <laughs> was like, no. Why would I want to do that, Fusco? But like, when you go to the gym, it's like you're getting worked out. And sometimes it's sore. Sometimes it makes you sore. But it actually accomplishes something. And, and for each one, like God wants to do a work in your life. But I'm here to tell you, the work that God wants to do happens in the context of relationships. And so get plugged on in. Because we want our conduct to show the wisdom of the home. And I'm here to tell you that if Jesus said the greatest in the kingdom is the servant of all, then you really can't be a part of the kingdom if you're not serving some. Right? It's like these go together. And when we hold the wisdom of Jesus, we end up grabbing hold of, I want to be a part of other people's lives. I want to be self-giving the way Jesus is self-giving. Now, James right away, after he says that like our conduct should show that we do these works in the humility or the meekness of wisdom. But look what he says in verse 14. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. So right away he's saying, 
We want our conduct to show that we are living out this wisdom that we have, but right away you can always tell if that wisdom isn't there because the motivation for what we're doing, here he uses the words envy and self-seeking, right? Now, this reminds me of Romans chapter 13, verses 13 and 14, where the Apostle Paul says, let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. So you see how what James is doing and what Paul just did is he's saying that when you walk with Jesus, there are qualities of life that are like, yes, this is what it means to walk with you. And then there are qualities of life that it's like, oh yeah, if you believe in Jesus, that's not the quality of your life. Paul says, let us walk properly as in the day. And then he says, not in revelry, which is the idea of just kind of perversity, just like whatever, right? Drunkenness, obviously being under the influence of anything under, other than the power of the Holy Spirit. Not in lewdness and lust. So not in uh, a life that lacks self-control in the ways that we speak and the way that we act, the way that we govern our God-given desires. Not in strife and envy. So really, walking properly has nothing to do with conflict. That's what strife is. And then envy, of course, is being jealous of what someone else has. Right? And, and so he's saying that all of these things are not walking properly, but he's saying that if you're walking those things, you need to put on Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. And now you put that together with what we just heard and look at what James is saying here. He's saying, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking, verse 14, in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. Now listen, verse 15. This wisdom does not descend from above, but it's earthly sensual and demonic for where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Now, what we learned here is we have to beware of earthly wisdom. There's a type of wisdom that James is unpacking that we saw Paul spoke about as well that is a way of this is how you're supposed to live but James says it is not heavenly wisdom, which we're going to see in a moment, but it's earthly wisdom. And the problem with the earthly wisdom is that it is totally self-centered. That's the problem with it. Because if you think about these ideas, because he says it in verse 14, bitter envy and self-seeking. Verse 16, for where envy and self-seeking exist. So there is a type of wisdom, a wisdom that is earthly. I mean, there's, there's three characteristics or adjectives to this type of wisdom. Notice that this wisdom that's not from above, right? It's earthly, sensual, and it's demonic. Now, let's start with the last one. You notice that word demonic? Now, isn't it interesting? Didn't James speak about our speech as being potentially demonic? And then earlier, he says that faith without works even the demons believe and they tremble. So it's interesting that James, all the way through this book, is saying there's a way of living life that is actually not inspired by the Spirit of God. It's actually demonic. And this wisdom that's not from above, this earthly, 
carnal wisdom. It's sensual. It has to do with our desires unchecked. This is also demonic, and it is characterized by a self-centeredness, a pride, because it's driven by envy. You have what I want. Let me take it from you. And it's driven by selfish ambition. Now, notice, there's a difference between ambition and selfish ambition, right? Like, I believe all of us should be ambitious to get at the things God created us for. But selfish ambition says, I will do what I need to do to get what I want, no matter what it does for you. See, in both envy and selfish ambition, the problem is it's about me over we. And right as we begin living, it's about me over we, now we're running into a type of wisdom that is demonic. It is carnal, and it is not something that should drive our conduct. Now, here's the deal. You might say, oh, well, man, Fusco, this is serious, and I wish everybody in our culture would hear this. Listen, James is talking to Christian people. So long before we get into how everyone else should deal with this, we have to ask ourselves, how is selfish ambition and envy playing into the way I am organizing my life? How often do we make decisions that are really about us at the expense of other people? Me as compared to you. Me as compared to we. And what we find is that as followers of Jesus, Jesus did everything for God's glory and the blessings of people. You think about the cross of Jesus Christ. There's no more profound example of somebody who did something for other people that they didn't deserve. But what's amazing is you think about this envy and selfish ambition, that is the wisdom of our culture. And it's the wisdom of our culture in every street. I was, I was thinking about this, and I get nervous when I think like this because my brain, not nervous for me, nervous for you all. Uh, because, you know, I, 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 start, I, I start playing with these ideas. It's kind of the way God ministers to me. And I was thinking about this idea, like we live in a society that we call it's capitalistic, right? Now, now you think about the, capitalism is a lot of different things, but at the most basic level, it's the belief that the marketplace is a place where competition creates better products at less money, right? And that's what, at at a core, that's what capitalism does. And if you create a product and a lot of people like it, you can make a phenomenal living. Now, on its most basic level, that's actually like a good thing. It's kind of like if, and that's why we have anti-monopoly laws, right? Like, Like if all there was was one place to get Twinkies from, I had to think of a good example, then they can make poor quality Twinkies not possible and they can charge exorbitant rates for it. So because you have multiple people making Twinkies, you get the best Twinkie at the cheapest price. It'll last through a nuclear fallout and still taste delicious, and everyone's fine. And so, so the marketplace helps us to drive prices down and quality up, right? That's not a bad thing, right? That's a good thing. Jesus is real. So what do you think? How do selfish ambitions and pride drive your choices? And the answers to this question are hard to face at times. But as Pastor Daniel shared today, it's time to break free from the bondage of this earthly wisdom that's steering you. Embracing God's wisdom makes a difference in your life. And you'll also give the people around you a glimpse into who Jesus is and what he wants for all of us. 
Hey everybody, this is Pastor Daniel, and I want to be honest with you for a moment. Life is messy, and the hard reality is, if it isn't messy for you now, it will be, and it probably has been in the past. Did you know that you can still thrive in tough times? It's true, but only through the power of Jesus. That's the purpose behind my book, Honestly. I want you to know how to keep living your best life in Jesus, no matter the circumstances. You can find out more about it and get your own copy at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Hey, I wanted to remind you that each day on Facebook, Pastor Daniel shares a simple two-minute message. In this message, Pastor Daniel draws out an important biblical truth that really helps set your day on the right path. So be sure to follow Pastor Daniel Fusco on Facebook and share these two-minute messages with your friends and family. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share more about the difference between earthly and godly wisdom. Living life through the grid of God's wisdom is an essential part of walking with Jesus at street level. But how do we do this? Well, it starts with remembering that Jesus can do anything, even things that seem impossible. But you have a role to play too. You'll learn next time some practical steps that'll help you grow in wisdom. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series, Where the Rubber Meets the Road. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.